Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How goes it, Michelle? I haven't seen you in forever. You have not seen me in forever. And it's not well, Caitlin, to be perfectly honest. It's too hot. It's one million degrees in here. I don't have AC. I'm sorry. And I listened to, like, two podcasts ago where uh-huh. I said canon instead of canyon the entire oh. time. So I am a little bit embarrassed rolling into this podcast. That's okay. So, thank I don't you. think I think no one really cared. Honestly, You're like that bitch doesn't know anything. <laughs> well, we pre-recorded because Michelle went working in Las Vegas because, I mean, the street corners here were bare. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You were calling me a prostitute. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. But no, yeah, she's been gone for like two weeks. So welcome I know. back. Thank you. I have been gone. Been traveling a lot. But... That's awesome. No, it's been fun. It's been super fun, and it's exciting work, and I've met some really cool people, and so it's been a good time, but yeah. I am so happy to be home. Yeah. We are so spoiled here in the Pacific Northwest oh, yeah? with our amazing water. I oh, mean, yeah. we just go anywhere else, and it's like, I just can't wait to be home. I'm just drinking glass after glass of water because it's, you know, not gross desert water. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we are lucky. Our tap water. It's great. But also why we're suffering is because I made us some spicy drinks. Yeah, you did. And actually, I was just thinking that the longer it sort of sits in your glass, the spicier it gets. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's one million degrees and we're now drinking a spicy drink that yeah. has caught my lips on fire. So <laughs> It's actually good, though. It is good. So when you told me, I was like, you fucking hate me, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and the ginger beer, you love I it. I love ginger beer so much. And I, I just love ginger, so. I don't love it, so I was like, oh, and I was like, I can't be a bitch about a drink two weeks in a row. So. <laughs> well, listen, so what you do is take two to three slices of jalapeno, muddle that at the bottom. Fresh jalapeno. Fresh jalapeno, yes. Muddle no that. pickled shit or some gross thing. No, no, no. Just slice it up fresh and muddle that at the bottom and then squeeze half a lime in it. Put ice and then put one part vodka, um, one part ginger beer, beer, and then fill with grapefruit juice. And then there you go. It's like a, it's like a spicy grapefruit drink. What is the, is it pomol? Paloma. Paloma. Yeah, that's with, I think that's with tequila. It is with tequila, but it's kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah. So I call it the, so it's called the spicy grapefruit refresher, sure. Or cocktail. Something like that. A spicy grapefruit ginger. You gotta be like fiery grapefruit. Ooh, okay. Now we're on a roll. (laughs) You'll see what we say. I don't know. All right. Well, should we continue on so we can get out of here and yeah, fucking tell your story and I'm leaving. (laughs) No, this is not. I mean, it's not hell. I suspect, (laughs) but it it's probably close. Hopefully I won't be too muffled from trying to like wipe, wipe down the my face. Sweat. Yeah, we both have <laughs> towels to Oh, okay. All right. This Caitlin. is my life, Michelle, okay? Yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this story is about Katie Malone. Katie Malone, mm-hmm. okay. 
Katie is turning 29 years old in 2018. Okay, so this is a fairly recent story then. Yeah. How and old is she turning? 29? 29. Okay. Yes. Okay. And she goes to Mexico with a few friends to celebrate. Fuck yeah. That yeah. sounds awesome. Okay, so she is in <laughs> Puerto Vallarta. That's Thank where they you. are. Thank yeah. you, Michelle. I can't say it. Nick has been trying to help me. I can't say this it. This has been the... We cut for a second for the most delightful five minutes of my entire life, I think. <laughs> Listening to Caitlin get coached on how to say this. Vallarta? Puerto Vallarta. I blame my speech impediment, so... And just, all the goddamn vodka we had. Because <laughs> we realized in the second drink we didn't add any, so we had to sort of double down and oh, just yeah. pour it on top. So. Yeah, I forgot the vodka. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, anyway, It's so hot. We can't be blamed. We she's, can't be blamed. She's in Mexico. Okay. <laughs> and it was warm, but stormy. Like, they could see a storm coming, and the sky was dark, and wind was picking up. Okay, so they could see an impending storm. I was going to say they're impending doom on them, but wow. hopefully no. that's not the case. So it's June 9th. This oh. is where. Okay. okay. 2018. Yes. And Katie got strapped into a parasol to enjoy a 10-minute adventure out on sea. Oh, dear. The first few minutes were fun, exciting, but then she saw the boat that was pulling her get farther and farther away, and she quickly realizes that the cord has snapped. Oh, my. So she didn't feel like a sharp yank or anything like that. No. She just was like, yay. Yeah. And then... So we just started floating off. Mm-hmm, because the winds were really picking. Like, it was kind of stormy. She was probably getting whipped around a little bit anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So the people on the beach were trying to grab the cable, and they did grab it, but the wind was so, like, crazy. They, they just, just got yanked out of their exactly. hands immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor Katie. That would be terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And she's over the ocean, right? Is that what you said? Well, well, she, she starts was. on the beach, yes. So <laughs> she's now flying on her own, and she started to travel down the coastline. But then she starts to head inland. Oh, no. So Katie came so close to hitting a balcony of one of the resorts that she could hear the girls screaming on the balcony. Oh, and their God. music playing. Like, she was that close. And... Oh. Luckily, Katie had been skydiving before, and she knew to use her feet as an anchor, so she grabbed the rope with her feet, put her hands in the air, and steered the parasail as best as she could with just her feet. Oh, wow. She See, tr- I wouldn't have even known that. Oh, I no. mean, like, at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. She tried to keep calm, and she started to think about her dog, Leroy. And- of course she thought of her dog, Leroy. Like, I already love her even more. <laughs> And what she was going to wear that evening. Like, so she was trying to keep conscious, like, it's going to be okay. You know what? I'm going to wear this cute dress I brought. Mm. I'm going to be home to my dog, Leroy, before I know it, because mm-hmm. I'll land this thing safely. But the wind was too much, and it tossed her around, like, just oh, whipping her around. Just like she was just a rag doll. Yeah. And just, oh, my gosh. She remembers praying that she wouldn't break her arms and legs and that she would not be paralyzed. After 20 minutes in the air, she passes out. Oh, shit. Was it just from lack of oxygen? I think or? so, yeah. Oh, wow. And just being whipped around. So she was going in and out of consciousness. 
I just swallowed a seed. <laughs> well, good a little luck. jalapeno sweet. Mm. Oh, God. Seed. Good Lord. No wonder I said fucking cannon the whole time <laughs> in that other podcast. <laughs> you just well, got me I, drunk, Caitlin. I just let you do it, too. So <laughs> I didn't even say anything. Okay. So they were tracking her because, you know, she took off. So her friends... You know, they, they had hopped police in their Jeep and, or, oh no, they God. had like police and ambulance on the phone. Like, hey, this is happening. Oh, I they see. They could see her, you know, going. So, and plus she's in the air for so long. So finally she's heading to the airport and the airport had to shut down air traffic. Because <gasps> she would get hit by an airplane? Yeah. Oh my God. That's, that's where she was going towards. Yeah. And so luckily they could follow her. So paramedics were there waiting at the airport. So when she landed they could just swoop in and help her right away. Oh, my gosh. So it's now 45 minutes she's been in the air traveling. (laughs) I wonder how many miles she's gone. Two. Oh, okay. Yep, two miles. She's now two miles away from the ocean for where she started. But she lands, so she is, like, being tossed and turned, and all of a sudden she just falls. Oh, shit, like the parachute sort of collapses uh and she free falls? Yep, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's Uh, terrifying. But, of course, paramedics couldn't get to her right away because she landed next to an alligator. What? Yeah, an alligator. So, the paramedics had to distract it so, you know, they could get to Over her. Over here, alligator. Yeah. Like, oh what are the odds? But then later, the article said that the location, it should have been a crocodile. So, it could be oh. an Anyways, terrible. But she would pass. I mean, a big she was, thing with big teeth is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, she was unconscious though, so she had no idea, you know. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. So she just fell and wasn't even aware of falling. No, at no, that no. point. Well, I think she knew she was falling, but when she hit the ground, oh, I mean, she, she was out. Unconscious. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So she didn't know about the crocodile, and then her family told her about it later, and she laughed because that's kind of <laughs> ridiculous. But she's like, "Of course, there was a crocodile of there." Of course, right? Yeah. Uh, they got her to a Mexican hospital where she spent 18 days <gasps> there, and she had a fractured skull, broken ribs, broken pelvis, a collapsed lung, and they had to put her jaw back together with 14 screws. Holy shit. So oh, mm-hmm. she just hit and just completely crumpled oh, yeah. and destroyed everything on Absolutely. the way down. And a total of 11 bones broken. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The day after her accident, her brother started a GoFundMe because, Aww. and then her family flew out to be with her. Of course. But throughout her whole stay at the hospital, the doctors and nurses would ask her pain level and she was always at an 8 to 10. But when she was first getting into the ambulance after the crash, she said she felt no pain. Isn't that oh, weird? Oh, she's just full of shock and adrenaline, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, she underwent three surgeries throughout those 18 days. Wow. But the swelling in her brain had not gone down. Oh, no. So the doctors doubled her steroid dosage to try to bring the swelling in the pituitary gland. But it actually caused a severe reaction. Oh, the steroids did? Mm-hmm. Yep, the double dosage of it. So Katie's parents and her brother were all there with her, and the doctors pulled her mom aside and said, You don't understand. She could die, and she needs to go home now. So life flighting Katie from Mexico to the U.S. was going to be expensive. And her parents already paid cash for all of her surgeries in Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Katie was in between insurances 
And so she didn't have insurance. And the medical airlines would not take her without insurance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. So, okay. That's, that's awful. Yeah. It would cost $40,000 to get her back into the USA. Oh, my I mean, family and friends were trying to help, but finally a piece came together at the last minute and a $20,000 anonymous donation was Uh, made. Are you serious? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, because getting together 10 grand is like sometimes feels nearly impossible. I mean, not that I'm trying to gather up 10 grand all the time. Yeah, Michelle. But then 40 grand, I mean... Most yeah. people don't have a lot of cash hanging around. Absolutely. So they oh. were halfway there. But the Republican Duncan D. Hunter and his father, former U.S. Rep. Duncan L. Hunter, actually helped facilitate uh, Katie's return to the U.S. So they oh, helped her nice. as well. So because that story got traction. It was like, you know, she's stuck in Mexico and she needs help. Her and, brain is swelling yeah. out of control and we got to airlift her home. So that gives you some hope and some, you know, humanity yes, right there. Agreed. So Katie was taken directly to UCSD Medical Center where she actually started to recover. Is that the UC swel- San Diego? Yeah, Probably. she's in San Diego. Yeah, okay. yeah, San Diego. So now she had to relearn how to walk. She even mm. relearned how to drive and surf over the next year. But she had high hopes. So she learned how to surf? Yeah. Fucking get at it, well, girl. She, well, she really knew how to surf, but she had to relearn. Oh. So she's pretty much relearning everything she enjoys, you know? Wow. Wow. So Katie states, I'm not 100% back. I'm getting there. I'm back to work. Not full-time, just part-time. And she is a massage therapist. Oh. So September of 2020, Katie is now 31 and she's still a massage therapist. She states, very lucky to be alive. When I was spinning out of control, coming down, I just didn't know if this was going to be it or not. Oh, gosh. She actually filed a lawsuit against the parasailing company and resort. Before Katie went up there, there was a weather warning issued earlier that day. And visually, of course, the sky was dark like, and gray yeah and, looking ominous and as professionals they should know when it's safe and not safe to parasail yeah if they're gonna have that there i mean you want to know who's never gonna parasail on you? vacation yeah <laughs> yeah it's me well it's i mean honestly if because i don't if i never parasailed and they're like no it will be fine like we're, we're used to this weather it's like oh, okay i feel safe you know they're the professionals i'm gonna put my trust in them because they're the professionals but no. Yeah. But Katie always had a positive attitude throughout this. And she says her positivity, her family, and her dog Leroy oh. kept her going. She advises everyone facing a challenge that your mind is more powerful than your body. And positivity will get you through it. Oh, good lesson. I know, right? So the whole thing is about positivity. It's all about your you know, your mind oh. and a dog. Yeah. I'm going to name my dog Lee right now. <laughs> I have to say, man, like, I miss Joel to death, yeah. of course. But I miss those goddamn dogs, <laughs> like, so much. In fact, you know, Merlin, who is my mom's dog, yeah. I made him spend the night like, so Aww. I could cuddle him because I miss them so much. Yeah. Like, dogs are amazing. Oh. They, seriously, how can you be upset when you have a dog around? You how know? can you be? You can't be. That's why they're therapy dogs, you know? Exactly. Uh. So they raised over $50,000 with the GoFundMe to help with medical bills and her... Well, because she had a ton of medical bills once she got to the U.S. Exactly. And her ongoing physical therapy. Oh, man. I want to say thank you to everyone that supported me and been there for me. It's been helping a lot to get through this. Mm. 
Oh, poor thing. How terrifying. Like, it, with her skydiving, for her to keep calm, to try to anchor it, like, that was super smart of her. And I would, I don't know what I would do, honestly, because I have no experience in that. Well, especially, like, once you start leaving the ocean area. Yeah. Like, I thought you were going to tell me she got sort of taken further out to sea, you know, because... Then at least you're falling into water. And they can I'm, come get you. They yeah. can follow you in a boat, but... I guess unless you get dragged down by the parasail and then get eaten by sharks or some oh, such wow. thing. So I guess it's perilous in either way. It's true. Yeah. I mean, how... Oh, I don't know. How terrifying. It would I be just, terrifying. And especially because you're by yourself. Because you can do those parasails that you sit next to someone. So I don't know if like, that would be worse tandem. or... Yeah. It probably would be worse just because of the the extra weight that's true perhaps like maybe Mm. you would have gone down a lot sooner maybe you would have just gone down in the ocean then right and been done with it whereas she the lithe little thing that she is just like it's flown away and tossed about like a leaf there's actually video of her oh is there yeah of her starting to take off the parasol and then her just up in the air just just gone yeah Mm -hmm. god the poor thing that would be so scary well also your friend is recording it and then it's like oh my god (laughs) There she goes. Like, what do I do? You know, you're <laughs> yeah. in a different country. It's really, like... Help her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has this happened before? <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. So, she was really lucky. And it luckily left the crocodile didn't, like, attack her. Eat her up immediately? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never dealt with a crocodile. I've never seen one in, like, out in the wild before. So, I have no idea. But, good job, Katie. Yes, well done. Way to stay calm and positive throughout the whole thing. Yeah, actually staying positive through the whole thing. And then just the nightmare with your brain swelling and stuff. Oh my my gosh, how scary. It is freaking scary. I probably have talked about it before, but my brother was in an accident where his brain swelled. But he just happened to break his skull in the right spot. So all of the extra like brain fluid and crap could leak out. (gasps) And they didn't have to... Because they were talking about doing surgery to remove a chunk of skull to let his brain swell out of that. Oh, so lucky. He was lucky. He was very lucky. And I think he knows it. Yeah. (laughs) But he still doesn't have the sense of smell back. Oh, interesting. He lost his sense of smell. And and actually, he looked like he had kind of almost Bell's palsy or something, where one side of his face was limping or was drooping. Um, And just from, you know, bruised nerves Mm -hmm. in his in his head so wow. he was super lucky my god we'll have to have him on at some point oh yeah because that motherfucker should be dead right now and thank god he's not <laughs> i don't know what i would do i know right i'd be a so wreck sad. All, all right. right let's get to your story well mine is in the ocean as well oh wow so we are a little bit in sync this time this story i'm gonna take us back and actually i wish i had found this a little bit sooner because it takes place on july 4th oh so i mean not in the u.s right <laughs> it would have been so. a cool fourth of july story or something so this story is about mohammed hussein and if i get the names wrong which most likely i will because <laughs> we're in thailand sorry so, <laughs> fair enough it just needs to be along with listener discretion advised and we will mispronounce your name yeah like that just needs to be in the beginning Mainly Michelle. Maybe. So. Maybe. <laughs> Except for we did have that Puerto Vallarta, like... Issue, yes. Like, problem earlier. we have a podcast. We yes. can't even talk, man. <laughs> can't know. even speak. What are we even doing? That's probably what people are thinking. Probably. It's a canyon! It's not a cannon! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like you had an accent or something like that. I doubt it. All right. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right, so he is aboard a bulk freighter out in the 
Andaman Sea. Did okay. I say that right? Probably not. So it's July 4th, 2013, as I said, and they had sort of seen some bad weather before, but they had been able to sort of make it through. Mm-hmm. But what Mohammed felt was he could sort of feel the boat sort of list right and then sort of come back to center and then sort of list left. And he knew that that was a problem. Like he was mm-hmm. a pretty much experienced, you know, guy at sea. Yeah. And so he knew that they were probably going to be in some danger Uh-oh. with this storm rolling in. So he let his second mate know and his 16 crewmates that they were in danger. And so they actually woke up the captain at that point. And minutes later, the captain arrived on the bridge. And at that point, the boat was listing by 15 degrees. So now it's sort of hanging over off its side a little bit. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's not supposed to be doing that. What they realized had happened was, is they were shipping some clay, this like specialized clay. And it was used in tile and ceramic making. Yeah. And because of the vibration of the, you know, boat at sea, it Mm -hmm. had actually turned this clay into more of a liquid. Oh. And it's very heavy and it had shifted at the bottom of the boat. So now you have all this really heavy clay not in the middle of the boat where it should be, but off to one side, oh. causing the whole thing to sort of tip over onto the opposite side. Oh, Does gosh. that make sense? Yeah, 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 I understand. And, you know, and they couldn't fix it because they have all these, like, crazy winds and the sea is already very tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Tumultuous? Anyway, close enough. Yeah, I think... It's really rough. <laughs> <laughs> what they decided to do is to actually adjust course and try to make it to sort of the nearest port, which Mm. is in Phuket, Thailand. Um, And that was probably about 150 miles away. So, I mean, they have a little way. They were out at sea. So he sort of punched all these buttons to, like, give off the distress signal. So that was connected to the maritime distress and safety system. And then they also called in a, a mayday. Oh, it was just right. like, we're in trouble, you send help. Like SOS? Yeah, exactly. So at that point, they decide, you know what, we got to abandon ship. We, we're going to go down with it if we don't get everybody off. So they started assembling the men, they gathered up all the life jackets, and they started to lower the lifeboat. But at this point, it's still continuing to lean. Oh. And so now we're at closer to 30 degrees leaning. Oh my goodness. So it is almost tipped over on its side. Wow. Very close to being tipped over. So now it's 1 a.m. And our we have a 23-year-old deck cadet named Rick Ferus, anxious to help, decided to sort of dare the stairs. And they're, you know, they're off to the side. So he has to sort of monkey bar up. Oh, wow. But he wants to get up to the top deck to be able to help with all the lifeboats and everything. So there he joins uh, Muhammad and the captain, and they're just trying to help everyone sort of get onto the lifeboat. So there was shit strewn all over the ground, (laughs) and books and papers and everything. There's what? Uh, Just stuff all over the ground. Oh, what'd you say, though? Shits strewn. Oh. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Okay. I couldn't get laptop and books out, so I had to just improvise. Oh my gosh. So, and there was like rain and spray from the ocean coming through, and so the doors couldn't shut. 
Reek sort of briefly took the wheel as Muhammad sort of plotted their chart to try to get back to Thailand. Actually, what they ended up doing, though, is getting in touch with another ship called the Bucks Moon. Hopefully I said that correct. And that was only like three miles away. Oh. So now this big, large sort of tanker ship is coming to their aid. Oh, yay. Okay. So they're like, woohoo. So now at this point, the Hope, which is the name of their ship, is listing at 40 degrees, which is essentially like a house turned on its side. So it's almost completely just sideways. Oh, my gosh. And at that point, the engine failed. And so now all they can hear instead of like the rumble of engine is like the lapping of the sea against their ship. (gasps) Terrifying. Well, it's really smashing against the hull. (laughs) Like it's not like the gentle lapping. (laughs) So they realized that they had no reasons to stay on the bridge anymore. And it was time for them to get off the ship. Mm. So they climbed down. And what they realized as they climbed down is there was another crisis going on. Like, no one had actually even lowered a lifeboat at that point. Men were just, like, sort of running around in panic and not really assembled to get off the boat. Oh. So (laughs) they, like... Went you down. Just, like, don't know what to do. Or, yeah, like, okay. I think they're just all so freaked out yeah. that they're just maybe not acting very rationally. Muhammad looked all around him and he saw his crewmates were crying and praying and calling over to the other ship using their walkie-talkies and begging for a rescue. Aww. Um, and the previous day had been actually a holiday, and I think it's of. It's probably Id or Id, I apologize, but it's marking the M of Ramadan. Oh, okay. And so they had just been out and bought all this stuff. They bought all these TVs and chocolates because they were heading home. So they had all these gifts and they were just having a great time and partying over this, you know, end of this holiday. Mm -hmm. And now they just felt, you know, they were just going to watch all of their stuff just sink to the bottom of the sea. Oh my gosh. So the captain got into the life raft and he was like shouting for Muhammad and Fusin or Reek. Reek, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank yeah. you. Oh my God. <laughs> to jump, to get into the life raft. So at that point, 12 crew members had made it into the life raft. Oh, wow. But there was. It was like riding these 20-foot swells. Oh, my god! I mean, so they're just like going all crazy. Do they have life jackets? They do fortunately oh, have life okay, jackets. Okay. It sounds like everybody's got a life jacket. Oh, good, good, good. So as opposed to my story about the cruise ship, yeah. everybody is in fact outfitted. <laughs> Smart. Set to go. Rate. Why do I keep? I cannot get it to, for the life of me. Reek. Reek, thank you. I want to call him Reek. That's why I'm just going to say Raik. I apologize. And Muhammad were sort of, and another another gentleman was up there with them, and they're just watching the life raft sort of slowly get further and further away from them, and they're still <gasps> oh, no. on the ship. And then... Are they the only ones left? Yes. Oh, my gosh. But what he did notice at that point also, as he's watching the life raft go on this side over here, he sees all these individual lights of people in the sea. Oh! <gasps> Like, who have been, did not get picked up by the life raft. And he's like, I have no choice. I have to go help them. So he puts on this head-to-toe immersion suit that helps, like, with your buoyancy. 
So oh. it's more than just a life a life jacket. Interesting. So it's a little bit more of a full suit. I think it's meant so you can go down into the water for a more extended period of time, probably for like cleaning the boat or doing some sort of oh, excursion. Okay. So he puts this thing on and he like dives in to go help these wow. other people who are floating further away from the lifeboat. So he plunges into the water and the waves just start throwing them everywhere. Absolutely. So he like could barely breathe and the swells just kept like coming up into his face. Mm. He saw the raft for a minute and sort of battling the current he sort of decided to go for the raft like it was sort of clear that he was not going to be able to help the other people like he had hoped that he needed to save himself like he had barely oh, no. even okay he just wasn't able to yeah, do yeah. anything because the water was, was just so, so crazy mm-hmm. he was like gets within just a few feet of the raft and the captain is reaching out to try to grab him to haul him in and they just couldn't quite do it. So they threw out a life buoy, you know, okay. like one of the yeah. rings. Threw that out to help him. And so he was able to grab that. But unfortunately what happened is the crew member that had the end of the rope, uh-huh. like in his panic to try to haul him in, let it go. <gasps> oh and my gosh. So he floated out to sea. This is like, a movie, man. Yeah, no, it straight up is. So... Mohammed is now cast adrift. Oh my <laughs> and he's helpless. He's out of reach. The lights of the raft, because everyone has a light on their life j- jacket. I've seen those, yeah. Yeah, and if they're wet, they like automatically mm-hmm. light up. And so he's seeing all these lights sort of flicker in and out and as they're slowly moving further away. Oh. And so he's just like, oh my gosh. But that other ship is on the way. Oh, so that's true. Okay, okay. He's thinking... I'll be able to get rescued by them. Yeah. So he, like, sort of hangs out waiting for this other ship to come. And this other ship is, like, 450 feet long. So it's, like, a large one, and it's coming in fast. Oh, no. (laughs) So it was actually on its final voyage to a ship breaking yard. So they were going to, like, break it all down and everything. So this was its final voyage. Wow. It had nothing in it because it was going to this breaking yard, which meant that it was a little bit harder to control. Because usually it's laden down with all these goods and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's deeper in the water and it's a little bit more manageable. But now it's going fast and it's not very manageable. I mean, it's a huge effing boat. So this thing comes at him and just hits Muhammad. What? Yeah, just hits him. It hits him? Sure does. So now he is bleeding from his (gasps) right hand and leg. Like, and then it kind of comes around and is going to try to, again, to try to pick up Mohammed. And so he was just like, okay, this ship is coming at me full speed. There's a giant propeller that might pull me in. So I need to be like kind of cautious. And so he sort of stopped swimming Mm -hmm. and just sort of let the ship come to him. And it sort of passed him by without, he wasn't able to like catch it. So now it's coming around for a third time. It's going to try to pick him up again. So was he trying to, is he trying to grab something or? Yeah. And I think there's people trying to grab oh, him kind of in there. Um, it was a little unclear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of this is probably my own imagination. I'm watching, you know, how it's playing out in my head may yeah. not be exactly how 
played out in real life. I'm sorry, Muhammad. So as it's coming around the third time, he's like, fuck it. This is my last chance. Yeah. I, you know, I might lose my arm, but at least I'll be alive. Oh. And so he's planning something. Yeah. He's like, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. I want to survive. So the ship comes at him. And it hits him in the head. (gasps) And then he is swept underneath the ship. And his life jacket and the life buoy sort of raised him up. Like, was trying to bring him back up to the top of the water. So he just scratched along the bottom of the boat the entire way up. And it's just covered in barnacles. So he is just getting ripped up like a whole side. So at first it's just his head sort of scraping along the side of this barnacle ribbon boat. But then he sort of puts his arm up and then his arm just gets torn to shreds. And yeah, this poor guy. But he's going towards the propellers now though, right? Yeah. So he was able to sort of get himself a little bit further away. But his emergency immersion suit was completely like shredded oh. and just not even so he was able to actually kick that off and then when he saw that the boat was coming around again he hit his light so it wouldn't come try to okay, rescue wait, him oh, again let me see if I get this straight. <laughs> so the boat hits him again hits him in the head so then he swept underneath the boat and he's just kind of hitting a like the below the boat he no what it's it. more what happens is he's coming to the surface along the side of the boat oh. and it's just getting scratched to shit along all the barnacles so he's not underneath of it he's on yeah, the side of he it he got swept under and then swept up okay okay and okay. scratched to shit and now he's away from the boat yeah he's just like by, and now it's coming back again it's coming he, back again he's like nah yeah. I, this isn't going to work and he hid, hides his light and sort of just don't try to save me. Yeah. <laughs> situation. Wow. So at that point, the boat passes him by without further harm. And he just surrenders to the drift. He's oh, like, well, this is probably my time. He begins to vomit. And because he's just Why? been like sucking in seawater oh. this whole time. And he's really hurt. He probably has a massive concussion. Absolutely. Because he's just scraped his scalp up. He's probably <laughs> all broken. And, you know, of course, the violent motion of getting tossed about in the ocean. That makes sense. (laughs) So, and then the rains came. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, as it's raining, actually, he could see sort of little lights starting to appear again. Oh. So, not everyone is rescued. Oh. So, it sounds like some people are rescued, but not anyone. Suck. Not everyone, excuse me. And But they were too far for Muhammad to reach. He was, like, kind of at the end. So, now it's 4 a.m. The next. It started at one. Yeah, yeah, actually, I think it started even earlier. So I think it's been maybe. Um, they woke the captain up at one. Yeah. Like so that. now we're probably talking about maybe five hours into this oh whole thing. Oh my gosh. Five or six hours. So Muhammad sort of wakes up enough to see a light that's sort of traveling parallel to him in the oh. ocean. So it's like bobbing right next to him, caught in the same current that mm-hmm. he's caught in. And he realizes, he sort of calls out, and he's like, talk to me. And he realizes it's uh, Reek. Oh! So the young deck cadet that helped him out earlier. So they were able to grab hands, and poor Muhammad, like, totally grimaces. And that's when they look down, and his hand was just, like, totally shredded. 
Like it was just bone and just like meat. Muhammad's oh from 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 the barnacle oh and trying to protect his head. Hand is just yeah, it's all just exposed flesh <gasps> and um. Oh my god! And Reek said that by that point Muhammad was like half dead. I mean, he was like barely conscious. But they decided to remain together and they locked arms and just sort of held on to each other. As dawn came. That's what otters do. Oh. They hold hands so they don't they float don't away lose each when other. they sleep. Well, that's what they did. Oh, my gosh. So, dawn arrived at 5.30, and they could still see in the distance the other ship still trying to rescue other oh people my gosh. out there. They're trying, um, but yeah. it's not working out. <laughs> so, they were attending the men in the raft, and then it sort of slipped away from view, and they couldn't oh. see it. So, they're just floating further and further away. It looked like Reek's backpack had sort of, he had a backpack and a life jacket and that's what he was sort of staying afloat on. But unfortunately, because of like damage done to that backpack, it sort of fell off and took the life jacket with him. So now he is just in the ocean just on his own. Oh, no. You're so tired. I know. And so what they ended up doing is Muhammad was like, I've got this life buoy, life buoy, excuse me, and my life jacket. So come like hang on to me and we'll float together. Oh, okay. And so fortunately, the men were both pretty slim. Uh So they were both able to fit in the middle of the life buoy. So, really? Yeah, yeah, they were both kind of got their end of the ring and were able to hang on using Oh, that. they're not in the middle of it. They're like inside of it. Oh, so they're in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, I, those things are like a little bit bigger than a ring for your swimming pool. But I see, I see. they're still okay. together inside. And you know, as I said, they're both pretty slim. They're compactly built, oh. as it says here. Wow. <laughs> Never heard that description before. Yeah, but... well done, guys. So... At 9 a.m., they spotted another ship, and they also saw a helicopter kind of close by. So they know that there was another rescue attempt being made. So they whistled, and they shouted, and, you know, they were raising their life jacket, trying to make a lot of commotion, and a swell hit them, and then they couldn't see the rescuers (laughs) anymore. They got just swept even further out. They can't win. No, they can't win. These poor guys, they're just in a nightmare situation. So they noted the sun's position and they saw that they were sort of heading west, um, away from the coast and away from like the trafficked route that these boats take. Just in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, they're just getting further out to sort of, not uncharted territories, but just territories that weren't traveled very often. Right. And probably just losing more and more hope. Uh-huh. They had a blackbird circling them. They had uh, shark suckers uh, sort of nibbling at their wounds under the water. And uh-huh. so that just sounds like my worst nightmare. And so they finally had to let go of Muhammad's backpack. They were like, we can't hold on to it anymore. Like, we're worn out. And it was pretty much empty anyway. But they were like, no, let's just try to hang on to it. Just in case there's something important in here. Yeah. A girl's picture or a letter or something. But at that point, Muhammad was just, like, pretty stoic about the fact that he was going to die. Oh, my He was just gosh. like, this is it. By sinking and by losing his energy or by getting eaten by sharks, no problem. It's just, this is how it is. So he's just sort of accepted his own demise. And it's just like, maybe just let the waves take me. 
And pretty much what they said is that they had lost every hope of surviving. And that was like almost when they died. Like oh. that was death. Was when they gave up. <laughs> when they lost every hope, all hope. And they said to live is when you have even an inch of feeling for the world. And it sounded like they did not. Oh, well, after <laughs> all of that, that's hard to stay oh, yeah. positive. So I guess uh, Muhammad just was in total despair. He was thinking about how he would be leaving his widowed mother behind oh. and he she would never know how he died and how would she cope and all this stuff and I know. Oh my god. It's so it's, sad. I kinda wish I was lost at sea right now because at least it'd be cooler than it's right true, now. yeah. I don't mean that. I don't want to be lost at sea. So so at that point, he just felt like he didn't want to take anymore, and he just wanted to remove his life jacket and just let himself sink oh, into the ocean. My gosh! But Reek was like, "Nope, you gotta wait. Let's just see what happens." And then at sunset, they heard some screaming. Oh! So they were they illuminated their light on yeah. their life jacket again, and there was a man that was too far away to figure out who it was. But they would see the light, and then they would like waves would go, the guy would disappear, and then they would see the light again. Uh-huh. So they were like, "We got to go that way." And so what it ended up being is a fishing boat that was rolling <gasps> in the sea completely unaware of these men that were drifting in their little life buoy. So it was 6.50 p.m., 17 hours that they have been in the oh sea my now. Gosh. And I'm sorry to say, but their light went out and the fishing boat went by. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm done with story. So they had to spend the night in darkness because their light is completely gone. I now. thought like I was yelling at them. No, it turns out they was just sort of, they were trying to get his attention and oh, they, nothing. He, they never got his oh. attention. Okay. So uh, Reek ended up sort of holding Muhammad for warmth. And they would sort of fall, like, go to sleep. And there they slept through the night, like, oh my gosh. going in and out of consciousness. And then they would wake up, kind of realize where they were, and then go back to sleep. And then around daybreak, he saw some lights of a fishing net. And he's just like, I don't know if I'm dreaming, but I feel like I'm going to get hauled in, in this fishing net. Oh, like, wow. That is my... So, but then they woke up again and those lights were still there. So they decided to swim towards them. Okay. They're like, they're going to go for it. So they're like, have all this hypothermia setting in, even though like at that point, um, the waters were like in the high twenties. Oh my gosh. And they've been in the water for, you know, close to like 30 hours. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, and I guess Muhammad would sort of wake up and then be like talking to his mother. And because he was, at this point, yeah, Yeah. totally hallucinating. He's probably drank a lot of seawater, and he's got these terrible injuries, and he's in and out of consciousness. So the sky cleared, and then the sea got calmer, and Muhammad woke up, and he's just like, where's the bag? We got to find the bag. And it was the backpack that they were, like, so concerned about. But they had... Dropped it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. surrendered it to the waters. So they just sort of were silent again and then just drifted. 30 hours before, like at the beginning of all this, uh-huh. there was a place in France that actually picked up that Mayday call that Muhammad had made 
like oh. forever ago. And so they passed it on to the authorities in Thailand. And then the Royal Thai's Navy Third Area Command in Phuket or Phuket, excuse me, sort of jumped into action to also try to help. Wow. So okay, okay, okay. it's taken them a little while, but now they're ready to sort of mount a rescue because they realized that that other giant ship, the Bucks Moon, had not rescued everybody. So they uh, went out with a Navy search and rescue vehicle or vessel and they had two Navy helicopters. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they were like... They meant business. Meant business. Thank you. So they had this almost like 100 mile radius that they were searching. I mean, so they were searching mm. a very large amount of space. And there was over 200 Navy folks who helped out in Whoa. this rescue operation. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So there was a ton of people. Like there was a network of fishing boats and other commercials like commercial ships like all on the lookout wow. for these guys were they the last ones to be saved like they were looking for or? pretty much okay. that's exactly what ended up being the case so a sister ship of the bucks moon the bucks lagoon so hopefully I'm saying yeah. that right, actually spotted reek and muhammad floating oh and so when sort of muhammad re- regained on um, Oh my God, regain consciousness one at a time. He sees this giant ship, like 450 foot ship there to rescue them. Wow. So it's like, oh. So Reek immediately grabbed the life buoy that was like brought down to him. And then Muhammad was brought down another one, but he was too weak. He was just like, he didn't even grab it. He was just like, I have to surrender to the sea. Oh, really? So even at this point, he's, he's just, just despairing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so they ended up going down into the ocean to pull him up. Like they had to get two people down there mm-hmm. to get him. Well, his last to... experience with a giant boat was not good. No, it sure wasn't. It sure wasn't. So at 4.05 p.m., like two days later, practically, he was rescued. Wow. So they took him by, they airlifted him to land, and then he was taken by ambulance to the hospital. He was half conscious, badly sunburned, and his mouth was cracked and swollen. They had to slice off all of his infected tissue because everything that was exposed to the seawater for Uh that long was essentially not good anymore oh my so they gosh had to, it's like a lot yeah they thought they were gonna have to lose his hand because mm-hmm. so much of the flesh was torn away but right. they were able to take take skin from his thigh oh. and graft it on and wow. so he was able to keep his hand he spent a month in the hospital i bet and he was one of nine survivors there was 12 men in the raft and like three more it looks like that uh did that make it or so of you know out of like 15 men uh-huh. nine survived oh so wow. there was quite a few that did not survive so two months later um actually reek and muhammad sort of reunited and they gave each other hugs Aww. and they thanked the almighty and for saving them and they thanked each other for saving each other so uh actually muhammad ended up going back to be a second officer on a commercial vessel in the persian gulf wow and uh reek ended up spending a year trying to forget his time adrift (laughs) (laughs) absolutely uh they have actually never discussed the ordeal like between them oh really um they just don't 
really know what to say to each other, I guess. That's true. I mean, but they just, I think they just have that appreciation for each other Mm. and it can just go on being upset, unsaid. And yeah, yeah. you know, they probably have a bond that will. They have a bond and they know what happened. So it's not something to discuss. We don't need to talk about that anymore. That was the worst experience of our lives. Well, that's where some of our stories is, is someone went through something traumatic with someone. It's like they're always going to be a part of their lives. Like, because they yeah. went through something together and there's no it, greater bond than going through something like that. Yeah. No, uh, I think it's true. I think you know someone at such a deeper level right. than, you know, just even like normal friends mm-hmm. or something. It's like you almost get down to the primal. Right. Right. <laughs> just, I agree. Oh, my gosh. So... They made it, but they ended up spending 40 hours in the ocean. That is so long. Oh. They are so lucky. Well, With, it's so sad that they just... I mean, I probably would give up, too, after a certain amount of time. I know. Well, and you're having freaking fish munching on your wounds. Yeah. And it might have actually helped them because it perhaps got some of the infected tissue. That's true. Or, you know, just like maggots. Yeah. And for, yeah, are so gross. <laughs> Well, luckily, yeah, luckily a shark didn't come or some type of predator. That's what I thought it was going to be. And a shark came and then they got eaten. End of story. (laughs) I guess it's a survival podcast, so we can't do that. Yeah, it wouldn't be in this one, but wow. That was a great story. They made it. You're now from plane crashes to to boat sinking <laughs> stories. I know. And anything in Thailand, apparently, please. Oh, actually, one of them was in Bali. Still, so, though. But anyway. No, it's just <laughs> That's great. Well, ah. Well, good times. Such brave people. They are brave people. My gosh. Ugh, poor thing. Just having his whole face and arm scraped up by barnacles. and ugh. Just trying to get saved. And he's like, yeah. just, I'm done. Please yeah. stop saving me. <laughs> yeah. I will figure something else out. I know, twice. It was like, yeah, we need to stop this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sad. So. But I'm glad that everything went well. Yeah. But wow, okay. <sighs> to never go into the ocean. The ocean's just scary. But <laughs> you never know what's what's under there. Nothing. And there's so many deep places in well, the that's world. What, what, there's the, uh, the footage of like the giant squid or something like that. Yeah. How... I've always had a fear of abyss-like waters mm. where you just have no idea and it just goes on forever. Yeah. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. That's Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. (laughs) Who knows what's under there? There's probably whole civilizations under there that we have no idea about. That's true. Atlantis. Yes. Where is it? (laughs) Don't even get me started. Good God. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Going down we'll end it right now. We're into it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Before Michelle starts talking about aliens. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you should try this drink out. It's super delicious. Uh, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. And you can check out our website, I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now.com. And we'll see you guys next time. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.